0: This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, Coastal. How y'all doing this morning? Woohoo! Woo, golf clap, yeah. It's going that well. Awesome. <laughs> Luckily, CeeLo, our sound guy, he's excited to be here. I don't know about the rest. Come on, how are y'all doing this morning? Yeah. That is so much better. Thank you. At least just humor me. Uh, it, it just helps me out a little bit. My name is TJ, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here. And, and before we dive in today, I just got to say, um, like, I almost didn't preach this message today because I'm so excited about uh, our new series beginning next week uh, we have a brand new series beginning next week called Revolution and uh, you got some invite cars in your bulletin let me just tell you something um, you want to invite every single person you know I, I'm telling you next weekend uh, like it's, we're gonna drop it like it's hot in here and and I don't even know what that means but it probably has some Beyonce in there and Jesus combined and I don't even know what that looks like yet but I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna be off the freaking chain and so if you have friends you have family that you've been like I just don't know when to invite them I'm telling you next week you want to invite them it's it's like I I didn't even want to talk about today because I'm so excited about next week but I'm gonna talk about today because it's important to us anyways and how many guys know sometimes you just got to do things that you don't want to do even though it's the the right thing to do. And sometimes it's just like that. But I, I mean, that's how excited I am right now about next week. And so I want to encourage you, make sure you're here. Make sure your friends are here. Make sure your family's here. Make sure your aunt, your uncle, the person you don't like, maybe they'll get changed by Jesus and everything will be so much better. So anyways, we've been in this series called Is There an App for That? And we've been talking about some spiritual disciplines in our lives and we've been talking about what does it really mean to be a Christ follower and what are some things that we need to to be doing in our lives if we're really going to really going to live out this life because it's not like having an app where you just press a button and everything's done for you. That's not how following Jesus works. That's just, accepting Christ is just the first step in a journey and and along our journey we've talked about some different things that we need to embrace if we're going to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If we're going to truly live out what it means to be somebody who's following and looking like Jesus. And we talked about the fact that one of the first commands that Jesus gave was to, to go and be baptized and if that's the first command he gave us and it's the last thing he said to us, and said, This is a really important thing. It's something we need to do. And so. Lots of you got baptized. In fact, there was a young lady that came up to me this morning and said, you know what, I need to be baptized. And I was like, you want to go out to the lake right now? And she's like, maybe. And so, like, maybe after service, you need to be baptized. Let us know. We'll send Pastor Craig out there, and he'll go dunk you in the, the dirty, nasty pond over there. And we'll all watch and take pictures. It's awesome. It is, it's a rebirth. It's you saying, man, what's happening inside of me. I want everybody on the outside to know what's happening inside. And then we, the next week, we talked and we dove in, and we talked about God's Word and the importance of of getting in God's Word every day and how this is our opportunity not to gain direction in life but our way of getting to know who God is and God wants to know us and he wants us to know him and it's important that we're we're constantly seeking him out in our lives and then last week we talked about prayer and what does prayer look like and 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 the role of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives and how we're to walk that out and today we're talking about a subject that I think is is one of the most critical things to your, to your walk with God. One of the most critical aspects. If, you want, if I want to know if somebody's growing, if I want to know how they're doing in their spiritual life, the one thing I can look at is the relationships in their life. The relationships in people's lives determine a lot about where they're going in life. And, and so I, I've just discovered that I am who I am today because of the relationships that I've had in my life that have inspired me, that have encouraged me, that have built me up. And so today we're going to talk about... The importance of relationships and how, you know, a lot of us, we try to do the false relationship thing. We try to live uh, and be connected with people through Facebook and through Twitter and through Instagram. I mean, how many of y'all have a Twitter account? Okay, five of you. Cool. How many of you guys have an Instagram account? Okay. How many of you guys have a Facebook account? Like 500 billion, zillion people. Basically, everybody has a Facebook account. What do you do? You go and you search and see what everybody else is up to, right? You want to, oh, what did they wear to that, you know? Oh, what's happening in their life? Oh, they just, they're dating so-and-so. Oh, man, I, you know, I used to date so-and-so. And, and so you're constantly looking at this, having these false relationships with people. And, and, it's, and we wonder why we're not getting what we're really looking for in life. And so many of us were pursuing things that we think are going to be fulfilling in life. You know, a, a few years ago, the iPad came out. You guys all remember when the iPad came out. Um, I was so jealous of anybody that had an iPad. Like, if you had an iPad, like, you were the coolest person on the planet. Like, like there, was, there was no one cooler. In fact, I used to get jealous of people that had an iPad. I would see their iPad, and I would, I would see them, like, reading a book on their iPad, and I would think, man, that's so much cooler than just reading a real book. I would see them, like, update their status, and I was like, that's so much cooler than updating the status on my phone, you know? And, I, you know, it, it, they would walk around, and it was like a badge of honor. They'd be like, man, I got an iPad, you know? And people just walk around. They didn't even know how to use it. they just walk around with it, because if you saw them, you just wanted to be them, because they had an iPad. And I remember thinking, man, if I could just get an iPad, then I would be significant in life. People would know me, and I would know people. Like, not only that, but... I would all of a sudden go from being a dork to all of a sudden I'd be cool. Like, you think I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. Like, I would I would sit in my office and think about, how can I get an iPad? Like, I would I would scheme. I'm a schemer. That's my nature. I'm a schemer. And so, I'd be like, what can I sell? Like, I can sell plasma. I can sell bodily fluids. I, I, like, I was thinking about anything I could sell to get an iPad because I thought, man, if I get that, then I'll be fulfilled in life. Because... Then I'm going to be connected like everybody else. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in touch with everybody else just like they are. And then I'll be part of the c- crew. And, and then one Christmas, uh, I, I got this random gift from, from somebody at church. And, and I didn't even remember that i gotten it. In fact, we were at home uh, on Christmas Day. And they called us up and they said, Hey, have you opened up the gift that we gave you? And I was like, no i I was like shayla do you even remember where that is and it was like in our car like underneath the seat you know you just you get things and you just put them in your car and they just disappear into an abyss and uh, i remember opening it up and i saw an ipad too and i was like oh like all of a sudden i was fulfilled in life for about 30 seconds (laughs) come on you know it's true you you all have gone after things in life where you thought man if i could just if i could just have that house where if I could just have this, if I could just get that car, if I could just get this career, if I could just get that job, then every void that's in my life would be filled. That's exactly how I thought about the iPad, and a lot of us have been filling voids in our lives that can only be filled by one thing, and that's a relationship, and there's a guy in the Bible that pretty much felt the same way. Maybe he's had some of the same experiences that you've had. His name is Solomon. We're going to be turning your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We're going to be hanging out there today, and... uh, in verse 14, it says this, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. He goes on to say in chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Sounds like some of us, man, we, anything we want, anything we see, man, we just go and get it, whatever it takes. Man, we, we want those things because we want to make sure that we're fulfilled in life. It says, my heart took delight in all of my work. And this was the reward for all of my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained. Under the sun. Here's a guy who is th- considered the smartest man who ever lived, the wisest guy who ever lived. He, w- he must have been pretty good looking because he had like a thousand wives and concubines. I don't know. Like, I'm going to guess that he was attractive. He was pretty powerful. He had acquired everything that he could acquire in life. He had, he had worked as hard as he could work. And yet at the end of the day, he said, listen, all this stuff that I've uh, gained, all these things that I've, I've just acquired that are just like assets, in my life, things that I can sit back and say, oh, I've got that, I've got this, I've got that. That all means nothing. Basically, he was having like one of those bad hair days and what, and what the, if the girls would call their fat day where they can't find anything to wear. And it's just it's just like one of those bad, bad days. And in verse in chapter three, in verses 12 and 13, he says, I know that there is nothing better for men than to drink and to be happy and to do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of his toil. This is the gift of God. He said, man, I know that somewhere out there is like the gift from God is that, man, I would work really hard and I would find satisfaction and all this stuff, but yet at the end of the day, there's something that's still missing. There's something that's still uh, void in my life. There's something that I have not figured out that is gonna fill the void that's in my life, that none of the stuff that I've acquired had, that none of the, the sex that I can have would fill, that none of the, the power that I've acquired would... Just take over in my life. None of that stuff has seemed to make it. He's missing something in his life. Reminds me of a of a little boy who went to the movies with his family, and and his his family went inside and and got some seats, and and he did what most little kids do—they ran over to the candy and the popcorn, and and they they grabbed as much popcorn as he could, and he got some skittles, and he got some gummy bears, and and you know he was just loading up. He went to the butter station and just like loaded down the the popcorn, and and he got a coke because that's what you do when you go to the movies—you got to get a coke with your popcorn and skittles and 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 peanut M and M's. I mean, it just makes you want some peanut m right now and he's got all this stuff in his hands and and he walks into the movie theater and he thinks man my life is fulfilled he he goes in and and it's dark in the theater and and he's looking for his family he's walking up the aisles and he's walking down the aisles and he's he's walking around to the other side and walking up looking down the aisles looking for his family and finally he walks to the front of the theater and yells out does anybody know me Does anybody recognize me? And I think so many times in life we're so busy trying to get things that we think are going to be fulfilling, the popcorn, the the house, the car, this and that, when the reality is, is that the heart cry from the very beginning of our beings is we want to be known. We want to be known and we want to know people. But yet so many of us try to do life alone. I think one of the the greatest reasons people are so unhappy and so depressed today in America is because they're lonely. Mother Teresa said this, and I thought this was so good. She said that loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty in the world. Here's a woman who was in the streets of Calcutta working with lepers, and the poorest of the poor. And she said, that isn't the worst poverty in the world. The worst poverty in the world is being alone. I don't know why some of us insist on doing life alone. But I don't think we're designed to do life that way. But for some reason, some of us, we just decide to do that. And I think there's a couple of reasons we go and we try to do life alone. I think one of the biggest reasons is, is because a lot of us, we just have a big ego. We just have a big ego. And I know everybody loves to talk about their ego and, and all those things. But, you know, it's hard for people to admit that they can't do everything. People love to say, man, I can do that. I've got that. I've, I've got it under control. But you know what keeps us from achieving a lot is our ego. Because we think we can make it all on our own, and, and and we don't want anything to keep us from doing that. It reminds me of a of a baseball coach. He had a center fielder who wasn't playing very well. One day, he had missed some balls and had had taken some bad uh, runs to to some hits, and and. It, The guy was just playing terrible, and so finally he said, man, listen, you're coming out next inning, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to show you how it's done. And how many of y'all know when a coach goes out and shows you how it's done, he's about to break it down? And so he goes out there thinking, man, I've got this. I'm going to show this dude what's up. Even though he's a center fielder and a professional baseball team, I'm going to show him what's up. And he goes out there. The first ball that's hit to him is, is a line drive, and he runs up to try to grab it, and it nicks off his glove and smacks him right in the mouth. And, uh, you know, he picks up the ball, throws it back in. He's like, that was, just, you know, first time is just bad luck. And so the next ball is a ground, you know, as is a, is a ball hit up the middle and it it's skipping on the ground. and He goes down to field it and it hits off his glove and, and it hits him right in the chin and busts his chin a little bit. The next ball is a high fly ball that that is coming out to him. He gets underneath of it and completely misjudges it. in in the sun and it pops him right in the eye and and finally the inning ends and he he runs into the dugout and grabs the center fielder and says you idiot you've got the outfield so messed up that i can't even handle it why do we respond that way because we got an ego we think man it's got to be somebody else's fault it can't possibly be my fault i've got this all handled you know what and for a lot of us spinning more plates in your life doesn't increase your talent it increases your risk of dropping a plate you think man i'm just i got all this stuff going you know what it just means it means at some point a whole bunch of junk's is going to drop and when it drops it's going to break a lot of things because your ego's in the way the real question isn't whether you can do everything or not the real question is is when are you going to realize that you shouldn't be doing everything that you weren't designed to do everything by yourself. For others of us, it isn't our ego that gets in the way. For others of us, it's our insecurity. A lot of people feel threatened by other people. They think, man, they, they might be better at it than I am. They might be smarter than I am. They might be better looking than I am. And therefore, instead of embracing relationships, they shy away from You want to know why the main reason is? is because typically people that are insecure want to control every situation. Everybody has a friend that's the control freak, don't we? You think about them right now. Go ahead and look at them if they're here. Just kidding, don't do that. That would be bad. But we all have that person in our life that no matter what's happening in life, they have to come in and take control of everything. Why? Because they're insecure. They think that if I'm not in control, it won't get done. And the problem is, is that we are never designed to be in control. God never intended for, for our life, for us to control our lives. He c- intended for our lives to serve him and that he would be in control of us for others of us it's just the fact that man we're pretty naive some of us are pretty naive we think that man you know what we can handle any situation we can get anything done on our own you know we don't need other people because we misjudge how big our life is and we think man i've got this handled we think that we can accomplish anything. And this is, this is an area where, where I struggle a lot. When we were coming to plant this church, I thought, man, I can handle planting a church on my own. Like, I know how to preach. That'll be great. I'll just go and preach, and people will come to church. And then somebody said they need somebody to sing, and I quickly realized how naive I was. Because all you got to do is, is have the sound guy while they're up here worshiping accidentally flip on my mic, and you'll see, like, every person drop things out of their ears because the sound is so horrible. Like, if we did that, none of y'all would ever, you'd be like, that is the worst. It doesn't matter how good the band is, how cool the lights are, that they're smoking, all that stuff. Like, that dude just sucks. That's what you would end up walking away with. You'd be like, he can't carry a tune to save his life. And most of us got to realize that, man, we can't be so naive. We need to get help in our lives. And then there's some people, they just blame it on temperament. They just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just a loner. I'm just a, I just do things on my own, and you know what, I, I'm a, I'm an introvert, or I'm not very outgoing, and we blame it on our personality, and say, you know, because of my personality, there's no way that I could embrace relationships, I could have friends, and and uh, my question is always, why take journeys alone when you can invite somebody to go with you? I love what Chuck Swindoll says, he wrote a piece, and in in, in this pretty much sums it up, he says, nobody is a whole team, we need each other, you need someone who and someone needs you. Isolated islands were not. To make this thing called life work, we got to lean and support and relate and respond and give and take and confess and forgive and reach out and embrace. And since none of us is a whole, independent, self-sufficient, super capable, all-powerful hotshot, let's quit acting like we are. Life's lonely enough without playing the silly role. The game is over. Let's link up. I think that's one of the best ways of saying it because so many of us believe that, man, we're whole, independent, self-sufficient, super capable, all-powerful. Let's quit acting like we are because we're not people. And uh, I really believe that none of us can do it alone and we were never meant to do it alone. And I believe that God has a greater plan for our lives and and if we're going to really embrace what it means to be fully devoted to Christ, we can't walk this life alone one of my favorite sports in the world is golf. Um, I know that that's weird. You know, I was telling Jeremy t- this week that that I love golf, and he's like, that sport is so boring, and I'm like, it's not, man. It's so amazing. Any golfers out there? Like, usually there's like four of us. Yeah, any good golfers? Yeah, there's, not, there's never as many hands when I ask that question. Um, I, I'm, I'm a pretty decent golfer. I have a single-digit handicap, or at least I did when I was playing golf a lot, and and I love golf. Uh, there's nothing like going out, and golf is all about competing against yourself. It's the course in you, and and they actually say that golf is, is really called a good walk spoiled. Basically, you're taking a walk, and because you're playing golf, it spoils that walk, and so uh, because it's the most frustrating thing and the most gratifying thing at the same time, and, and but what I learned is that, man, I'm a pretty decent golfer, But golf is lonely. And so what I found is as I got good at golf, there was was tournaments that would come up, and they would have uh, another kind of golf that's called a four-man scramble that would happen. And it's where instead of playing by yourself, you would play as a team. And, And as a team, you could hit all four shots, and whatever ball was the best, you get to keep that shot. And I thought, man, that's a pretty cool game. I'd like to be a. I'd like to play that game. And 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 this is what I found is that by myself, I was a pretty good golfer. My low score was a seventy-five, which means you know I was I was pretty legit. But when I started playing with some different guys and scrambling, uh, playing scramble golf, I could shoot as low as a fifty or a forty-nine. And all of a sudden, I realized that man doing this thing together was so much better because what would happen is is that I wasn't playing as an individual anymore, which is not how I was intended to live life. But all of a sudden, I was playing as a team, and together we could achieve way more than I could achieve individually. And I think the same thing is true for our lives that that together we can achieve way more spiritually, we can achieve way more relationally, we can achieve way more in our corporate life and our jobs if we'll work together, if we'll do life with other people. And so today, I just want to talk about some of the values of being on a team because i think that if we can embrace this idea of hey let's not sit in rows like this but let's sit in circles and do life together then all of a sudden it can totally transform our lives because this is awesome sitting in rows but this is a one-sided conversation and we're not really working together like i'm just kind of working on you like that's not a very good relationship is it like i just tell you what to do every week that kind of sucks Y'all are like, yes, it does, because you don't have very good advice. You know, but like, whatever. So, so what, is, what happens, what takes place when we're on a team? I think there's a couple of functions. The first one is this, is that we get to serve one another. We get to serve one another. Mark Twain says this, it's amazing what can get done if no one minds who gets the credit. You know, it's amazing in life what can get done when nobody cares who gets the credit. In the whole deal. It's one of the reasons why I love the people that they come and serve on the dream team, on the setup and teardown team, because nobody ever sees them. But man, they come in here and they create this amazing environment. Like, look around you. Like this is pretty legit. Like they serve you every single week and you don't even know it. You want to know why? Because they're on the team. And when when somebody gives their life to Christ, or when somebody walks in and says they want to be baptized, you know who wins? The setup and teardown team they're part of the team. What I found in, in playing in scramble golf is that, you know what, we all had roles that we played on our team. Um, my role was always to hit the safe shot, which meant that I would go first every single time that we would hit because we would pick whatever the best ball was. And so off the tee, I would hit a straight drive into the middle of the fairway. What that meant for everybody else is that they could walk up and they could bomb away. And if it went into like seven fairways away, it didn't matter because we are already winning because we were serving one another we are using the strengths and the talents of other people to best utilize what was happening for our team and the great thing about serving one another is we get to complement each other's weaknesses when where somebody's weak the other person is strong that's why marriages work so great if they're done well because we our spouses complement our weaknesses hopefully if they don't it might not be as good um Mark nine that'll be a couple of series later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Mark 9.35 says, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. Man, if we want to succeed in life, we've got to learn how to serve other people. We've got to realize that, you know, at different times on our team, we're going to play different roles. Sometimes we might be the lead. Sometimes we might be the servant. But if we'll embrace serving other people, we'll see God do some incredible things things in our life the second thing that happens uh, when you're on a team is you get to encourage one another and I think encouragement is such a big deal because everybody has a bad day from time to time don't they everybody has a day where it's just like nothing can go right I'll never forget the day that that Shayla ran over the dog her her brother-in-law died her dad was in the hospital my parents went to prison that was a bad day like we just needed (laughs) like I'm serious that that day that day straight up was horrible like that was a real day in our lives And people just came and encouraged us just a couple of weeks ago man i was having I was having a down day you know just one of those days where it just seems like you're in the funk and you just can't get out you know you woke up it didn't you didn't like it when the alarm went off that morning and you hit snooze and it came back on again you hit like you're hoping that snooze never comes back on, but it does, and you got up and your quiet time with God like just didn't go well in fact it like was pretty much non-existent and so you kind of Breathe through that, and you showed up at work, and everything's hit, all the craps hit the fan at that point, and it's just like, you had a fight with your spouse, like, it was that kind of day, and I was like, man, like, I just want to go hide in a hole. Am I the only one that has days like that? Okay, that's everybody's, like, Monday, like, <laughs> man, I was just having one of those days, and, and I got a phone call from a friend, and it, it, it was only, like, 10 a.m. by the time that all this had happened, and I was just like, Man, this is like the worst day ever, and uh, he's like, man, how's it going? I was like, honestly, it sucks, and he goes, tell me about it, And, and man, he just started speaking life into me, and all of a sudden, this day that was just tanking, all of a sudden started to pick back up. Because I had somebody that came alongside and just started encouraging and building me up when I was down. You know what? We're going to always have days that are going to be down in the dumps where we're going we're to need somebody to step into and encourage us. And you know what? There's going to be other days where we're going to have some friends and some relationships where they're down in the dumps where we get to step in and be their encouragement. That's why Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily. It doesn't say periodically. It says, man, daily we need to be looking for opportunities to encourage other people. Want to know why? Because everybody needs some encouragement. Everybody needs somebody that believes in them. Everybody needs somebody that says, man, you can do it, bro. I've got your back. You can do it, chick. I'm with you, whatever it may be. We all need that. And it says, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Because here's what happens to us, is that when bad days happen, what happens is we get deceived into believing that that's how life is going to be. Think about it, when, you're, when your bad day starts, man, it just continues to go until something radically changes. Until somebody steps in and changes your perspective, because what happens to us is we keep going down that path because that's our natural tendency. Our natural tendency is to sin. It's just natural. It's natural to, to imagine the worst-case scenario. And we need other people that will step in and say, man, that's not, that's not how it is. Let me give you a different perspective. Let me point you in a different direction. And so we need people to encourage us. We also need people that are succeeding with one another. This is what I know. There's there's no doubt that we we accomplish way more as a team. And this is what I know that when you win as a team, success is so much sweeter. Success is so much sweeter. Look at every great business team in the last 20 years. They all worked together. It was all a team effort. Every for every Steve Jobs, there was a, a, a an Allen that's with him. Paul Allen working side by side, succeeding together. For, for every uh, Steve Jobs, there was the Wozniak guy. For Zuckerberg, there was like five other dudes. None of them did it by themselves. They did it together. They succeeded together, and they celebrated together, and they lived life together. That's why Proverbs tells us plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. You know what happens when we get together? We have a h- lot higher success rate. Because we're not doing it by ourselves. In fact, even in prayer, it says that it makes a major, major difference. It says one man will put a thousand a flight, but two people will put ten thousand a flight. You know what that means? That together we achieve more. Man, we can succeed on a much higher level. One of my favorite things about having relationships, though, is that we protect one another. There's nothing like having somebody that has your back. No matter what and, and, and this is huge because I think that a lot of a lot of people miss out on the the function of a team that it pro- provides protection, that it provides accountability that it means that somebody's always there looking out for you. I'll never forget when I was in high school, my senior year um, I used to go clubbing a lot, and there was a, there was, my best friend, his name was Jacob Bibler, and, uh, he and I would go to clubs a lot, and, and we, we were, we were boys, you know, bad boy had just come out, uh, we ride together, we die together, that was kind of our motto, you know, that, that's what Will Smith and, and whatever the dude with big ears said, and so, um, <laughs> yeah, and so, uh. So that we ride together, we die together. So we go club, and we'd be dancing. And and this, and I remember. And this was like under twenty one club. So you know, don't don't be judging me really bad. You can judge. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, And so and so this this we were at this club, and and Jacob was kind of a player, and uh and and so he was always trying to. Trying to mack on every like if you were breathing he was gonna try to to mac on you that's just kind of his role and so he was hitting on this girl dancing with this girl and uh, this 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 dude came in that was enormous um and and he saw Jake dancing on his girl and uh, and he walked up to Jake and he's like what's up bro you know he's like why are you dancing on my girl and and uh, and Jake was like I I, I She was there. You know, he's just making something up, you know. Uh, She's good looking. You can have her back. No, I don't know what he said in that moment. I just remember I was by there, and I kind of stepped up, and I was off. The guy was standing here, and I was, like, standing here. And Jake was standing right there, and he was wearing a jacket. And we were in this club, and and he's like, "Man, we're going, we're throwing down right now." And and so Jake, Jake is a small, skinny dude. You know, like he would be a hipster today if there was such a thing back in my day. Uh, and so and so he takes off his jacket. He's totally a pretty boy. Like he, this guy was, this guy was like six foot three, like two hundred twenty pounds. I mean, he was like a, a pretty big dude. Jake was hundred fifty pounds, soaking wet. Uh, you know, he just stood no chance, and. And and Jake Jake looked at him and said, let me take off my jacket. And he took off his jacket. He was holding it in his hands. And he said, you ready? And he gave me kind of the international nod for what's up. You know, everybody knows that nod? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And when he said, you ready? The dude goes, yeah. And I just clocked him right upside the head. And it was the hardest I'd ever punch. It was like, you know, have you ever seen those UFC super punches where you go, Ugh! you know, like, because I knew that if I didn't hit this dude right, like, he's going to beat the crap out of both of us. And so, uh, like, it's, it's really the only fight I ever got in in high school. And I just clocked this dude, like, right in the jaw. And I've never seen somebody drop so fast. It was like, it was like instantaneously this dude just crumpled. And, and I grabbed Jake and we took off because we knew we were about to get our butts kicked. And so, like, we took off. And But the whole point of this is, is, you know what, when you're with other people, you know what they do? They protect you. When you're on a team, he knew that he was not there alone. He knew that he was not going to get taken down by himself, but I had his back. You know what? When we do life together, there's people that are looking out for you, that are protecting you before you even know you're in trouble. There's people that are looking at your circumstances and your situation and saying, you know what? That's probably not a good idea. Let's not dance on some other dude's girl. But maybe for you it's, Hey, you know what? i noticed that you've been talking to that secretary a lot, and that's not your wife. Maybe you need to step away from that. Hey, hey, you know what? I've noticed you've been spending a lot. Man, is, is everything okay? Are you, guys, are you guys doing all right financially? I just want to make sure you're good. Hey, I noticed your kids uh, have been, it seems like in your house they've been a little distant. Is, is everything going all right at home? Hey, I noticed that you and your wife haven't had a date night in forever. You want me to come over and watch your kids? See, relationships are there to protect us and to hold us accountable in those situations. John 15:13 says, "Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friend." When we do life together, we build relationships. We will do whatever it takes. To make sure that our friend is taken care of. Because we don't want to see them fail. Because we're on the same team. This is what I know. Is is in life. You and I. We're going to have problems. It's pretty much guaranteed. We're going to walk out of here today. And we're going to face something. That's going to be difficult. And we can face those things alone. And you know what. For most of us, what happens, we might win a few of those difficulties, but eventually that difficulty will overtake us. But when we have people that are standing there with us, it changes everything because we don't have to face them alone anymore. And when we're not facing them alone, you know what it means? It means that we have somebody else that's there praying for us as well. See, I think one of the most powerful things about being on a team is that, man, we're not only doing life together, but we're praying for one another. It's one of the things I love about our connect groups is that you can go and you can hang out with some other people that are doing life in the same circumstances, same stages of life, and you can connect with them. And the things that you're going through, they're probably going through as well. And you can stand together and believe that, man, God would do something incredible in your life. That God would totally transform your life from the inside out. A couple weeks ago, one of one of our volunteers that volunteers on the dream team, which is which is my team, um, it's the team that does all the stuff for the weekend services and makes all the stuff happen. He called me up and he says, man, I've, I've been without a job and and I'm interviewing for this job or I'm putting in an application for this job. Man, would you would you be praying for me? And I said, man, I'll, I'll be praying. He's like, can we get some other people to pray? I said, no doubt. And so we we went and I went into the Cyberspace for Christ, which is one of our connect groups. It's all about prayer. And I said, man, there's a guy in our church that he's applying for this job. And, and man, God, he's, he's been uh, without work for a little bit. He's, he's believing God for this job. Man, let's stand together with him. Let's let's believe for him. And every man is like 475 comments later. Like in the next 30 seconds, people are like, "Man, I got this. I'm praying. I'm doing this, and I'm doing that." Like he calls me back like two hours later. Man, I've got an interview with this company, and I said that's the power of prayer. And he goes in, and they they hired him on the spot. Not saying that that happens every time, but what it does say is that there's power when people are standing in the gap with you, when people are doing life with you, when people are playing on your team that's why james tells us the prayer of a righteous man the prayer of people are powerful and effective some of you guys are going through life and a lot of your life seems not very powerful not very effective it's probably because you're missing out on this very important aspect of team of doing life together and today instead of trying to do life on our own i want to encourage us To step out and step up into the power of relationship. Genesis, in the very beginning, it says it's not good for man to be alone. God talking. He wasn't saying it wasn't good so so we could go and have the opposite sex so we could have sex. He was saying, man, it's not good for us to be without community. Beyond just himself. Because all we had to that point was just him. And he said, man, this isn't enough. They need each other. And today, some of you guys are facing some things and you're trying to do it by yourself. And what you really need today isn't necessarily a hand from God, but it's a hand from a friend who God puts in your path because he's already been ordaining that moment. He's already been bringing that friendship to pass. And it's time for you to step out and step into some things where you can do life with some other people instead of trying to do it by yourself. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.